turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Amen. I'm glad the Lord knows uh, what He's doing. I'm glad He is in control this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, there may be a few of us missing today. we got different people in different directions. But I'm thankful no matter where I'm at, the Lord is there. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for what He's done this morning, what I felt already. Amen. I come in a little bit late uh, and sat there this morning and listened to Brother Jeremy testify of what he had seen, the goodness of the Lord. And I just began to think about the things he had been teaching me and talking to me about. And then Brother gets up and teaches Sunday school and he hits on a few points and gets on me a little bit. And then just the songs just lined up and I didn't even tell Abby what we were going to sing. She just pulled that out. Now I'm so thankful this morning that the battle is his. Amen. The battle is his, amen. I, I got to get in it, but it's his. I've been thinking the last few weeks, I was listening to the radio and new stuff was on, and they were talking about this group of people who felt one way, and I'm just, they were just complete opposite of what I'd say Christian values are. I, I, that's what I was hearing. And I thought, we live in such a country, in such a land, and we are so divided. Uh, divided politically. Uh, divided uh, in social and racial issues and ethnicity, divided in gender issues and what people think they are and what they're not. We're just divided on every hand. And, and I begin to think how this has not just sort of happened in the last day or two, but it's been coming uh, for some time. We, we've seen this over the past several years we'll get to a place, to a point, where we just don't agree anymore. Uh, I was listening to an old-timey preacher preach uh, on, the, on the internet there, and I was thinking uh, that things were, were bad then, they were different then, but they are very uh, different now. And it, it sometimes I think it comes to us as a shock, a surprise. We'll hear something and we'll see something and we'll say, I just don't understand uh, how we got to this part. Uh, but the reality is the devil's been doing his job for some time. And, and the further that we allowed him to go, he went. And I, I believe in our homes, in our churches, and in our own Christian walks, uh, we've slipped a little too far. Uh, now, now uh, this message may preach right into you. It may get you a little bit. You just hold on. We're going to go cover some ground you've been on before. Um, but the Lord showed me something. And let me just say to you that we are in, uh, we're in a war time. A spiritual right. war time. Amen. Right. The battle's not coming. It's here. Here. Now, I, 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 I want you to know, we've been saying they, they, they may come a time when. Well, we've been saying that now for several years. They may come a time when we can't do this. We can't meet like we do now. We may not be able to do this or that. We've been saying there may come a time, but I want you to know this morning the time is here. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's here. Look at the division amongst the people. Look at the division amongst the churches. Uh, they were talking uh, on the news about what's going on in the Catholic Church right now. Uh, the, the, the things, that, the abuse and all this scandal and all these things. And I thought, the battle is here. And I, I don't agree with where they stand. I don't believe like they believe. But I believe the devil's working hard uh, to cause turmoil and to cause strife. Uh, he wants to drive uh, that divide. And so 
The battle is upon us. Amen. So in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read of a time that the battle was upon them. A time that you have read and known since probably a child if you've been in the church house very much where you hear about a young man named David and a giant named Goliath. This is not uh, unfamiliar scripture to us, but the Lord, uh, He can just show you something and He can just bring things out. So I hope to give you that that He, he has put in my heart and mind. But I want you to know here the Philistines had made a habit out of reaching into the Israelites' land. They, they had made a habit of causing trouble. Uh, they, they would come in and cause just all kind of despair, and then they might retreat for a little while, and then they'd show back up on their door. And I want you to know that that's the way life is with us. The devil will come in, and he'll cause wreckage, and he'll cause, and then he'll let things settle down, let you think everything's all right, and then he'll show right back up. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, in America right now, uh, I believe that's exactly how we see it on a global scale. I believe we see that. Uh, we see that. He comes in, and all of a sudden there's this great chaos, and then he'll let that cool off. People accept it. People move on, and then the next thing will come. The battle is here. It's upon us. And so, verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 17 says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shokah, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokah and Azekah in Ephes Damim. Now, what you need to get out of all them big fancy words is this. It come into their neighborhood. That's right. That's what I want you to get. <laughs> Judah was theirs. And they come into their neighborhood. Uh, now, I want you to know that the devil and his sin and ways are in your neighborhood. Uh, they're not just off somewhere else happening. Uh, they're right here. Uh, there are people all around you who believe things that you just say, I just don't know how you can believe that. They'd say things that you just say, I don't know how you can say that. They, they would act a way that you'd say, I just don't know how you can act that way. They're right amongst you. They're not somewhere else. Uh, they're here close. Uh, we go inside of our schools and we hear these children talking. Let me just tell you, the world's filled the children up with a lot of nonsense. Yeah. A lot of untruths Man. that they believe. The battle is here in our doorstep. So it's there in the middle of Judah. Go on, verse 2. And Saul... And the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain to, on the other side and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp to the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. He was really tall, maybe nearly 10 feet, maybe more somewhere in that neighborhood. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. You know, what it really says to me, I may not know all those weights and values today. We can guess, and we have people who tell us what they think those things are. But I get this, he was a big dude. He was scary, and he was strong. I get that, okay? I, I can at least understand that much of the Scripture. Uh, what I'm telling you is, is it seemed like the enemy was too great. The enemy was too great. When you consider for just a moment the nation that we live in and the turmoil that's going within it, you may feel like many others and say, I wouldn't know where to begin to conquer that monster. It's too big. It's too great. Uh, how should we take on an enemy that we don't really know what it is? Uh, how do we take on when people question the
the Word of God. How do we take on when they begin to say things in it that are not the truth? How do we take on when there's such divide amongst people and they can't get together and agree? How do we take on a world that's just set on headed in a direction that's away from God? How do you take on a monster that big? You think about it now. What is the church doing in all of this? What are we as Christians doing in all this? You may say, I just not, I'm not sure where I stand in this battle. You would probably be like most of the Israelites standing on the sideline, right? Let's read a little further. We see there that he cries out to them a challenge. He wants them to send one man to face him. One man, and whoever wins the battle, then that would be the victor. Verse 10 says, And I, the Philistine, said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You know what dismayed means? It means they didn't know what to do. They were, they were confused and perplexed and had no answer for this great enemy that stood before them. I want you to know I believe the church is dismayed today. It seems like it has no purpose or direction when it comes to fighting the devil. I'm just telling you now. On, now. Listen, listen. You say, how can you say that, preacher? Where is the church? Come on now, Where is the church when all of these things are going on? Where is in the church? Well, I tell you where they are. They're inside their buildings. They're inside their buildings. Yeah. It says that the Israel's army was dismayed and afraid. Matter of fact, most churches are doing this. They're keeping their head down. If I don't say nothing, if I don't get involved, if I don't do anything, then it won't, they won't target me. And they won't put, put those, uh, those sights on me. And, and, you, know, you know that's how it was standing there in the battle lines. Right. No man was going to cross that line because if he did, then Goliath would set his sights on him. Mm -hmm. That's what would have happened. Uh -huh. Are y'all with me? Yeah. No, where is the church in all this? Well, the problem is, is we're dismayed. We don't know what to do. It seems like an enemy that's just too great to conquer. Oh, well, it's just the sign of the times. Amen. Does that mean that we step off the battlefield? Does that mean that we don't hold up the true word of God? Does that mean that we put the sword down? Is that what that means? We're just living in the latter days, brother. Uh, there was a time for that, but it's not now. I was listening to this old time preacher, and he was preaching on soul winning. Soul winning. I don't know when the last time he heard soul winning. Personal Going out, door to door, soul winning. Y'all know what that is, right? Where did that go? Look about it. Where did that go? Hellfire brimstone preaching. Where did that go? Amen. We, 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 we put our sword down. We said, we're not going to step across that line. I don't want to step out there because then Goliath's likely to get his sights on me, and he's a big enemy, and I don't know what to do with it. He's got a guy in front of him holding a shield as big as that man is. And he's got a, a big piece on his back that's that big. I can't hit him anywhere. I can't even reach his head to try to get up there and get his head. What am I going to do with that monster? What are we going to do with our country? Now hear me. What are we going to do? Are, are you satisfied? Are, is, it, is it all right? Let's just turn tail and just let them rule. Because that seems like the direction we've went in. Uh -huh. Now I'm telling you, y'all showed up today, so you just blame yourself. 
Amen. The Lord knew when you walked in the building uh, what it is that we needed to do. Amen. And I'm telling you today that the battle is not ours, but it's his. But they still had to be somebody who played the part. David still had to show up on that battlefield. He still had to show up. He still had to pick up those five smooth stones. He still had to show up. He had to be willing and he had to be able for God to do the mighty victory that he had. Y'all know the story. I can't even get to the end of the story. Y'all already know the end of the story. But the reality is, is we're, we're at this impasse between us and Goliath. That's right. Hey, you, you, you're having your own life. You'll have a Goliath show up. Let cancer show up in your life and watch Goliath rear his head. Let, let some major setback in your family, some, uh, some disruption that rips a family apart. Watch Goliath show up in the middle of your family. He's not just satisfied. And some people think, well, I'll just be over here and I'll be quiet. I'll sit on my pew and I'll show up every Sunday. Everything will go well and he'll leave me alone. That's not the way it works. He gets right in the middle of your business. He'll show up in your Judah. Bless you, Lord. That's what happened. Amen. It was not just something that was unusual. It was something he did. Philistines would come in, they'd wreck, make havoc, and then they'd leave. And they'd come back in, they'd wreck a village, and then they'd leave. And here they are again. And I'm telling you, there's a time to stand. Amen. There's a time to stand. They were dismayed and afraid. Now look at verse 12. I'm going to try to settle down and get through this. There's a lot here, y'all. There's more in it than I could preach to you right now. But I'm going to do my best to give you what God gave me. Verse 12. Now David was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn. Next unto him was Abinadab and the third Shema. And David was the youngest. And the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now I want you to see something here. I, I, I've read this scripture many times. I don't know if it's ever come out this way to me. But that tells me that there was a time that Saul called the armies together. He knew the Philistine that the battle was there. There was a time that Saul said, I, they're coming. We got reports. We had spies across the land. And they said, here they come. They're headed right for this area. So Saul went. Maybe he called all the families. He, he probably called all the families. He said, y'all come to me. And then he told them, all right, the Philistines are here. The battle's coming. I need to know who is ready and willing to fight. That's what he did. How do you know that? Because the Bible says that there was a point that the three older brothers followed him and David went back home to the sheep. Are y'all with me? There was a time of choosing who was going to do what. Now I want you to see something in this. It says, and I've never caught this before, that Jesse was a really old man. Did y'all catch that? It said that he was a really old man. I, I, I've read it for it, and I knew that it said that in his time that he was considered to be an old man. But, but what I didn't catch was, that was telling us something. He wasn't at the place to fight. He, he was of an age that was too old for him to go to the front lines. And instead, in his place, went his three oldest sons. David was at an age that he was too young to fight. Now, y'all stick with me for just a moment. We're talking about this battle. We, somebody's got to win it. That David was at a place that it was his responsibility to return home. 
Now, I want you to see something here. There is something called the front lines of a spiritual battle that's going on, not just in your own life, but in a national life. Are you with me? There is something about the church of God that he puts people together, and there are some people who will have a platform and an ability to strike out against the devil in a public way. I believe that's the truth, amen? amen. He's always called a man. There, not everybody in this world was meant to be Billy Graham. Not everybody. But Billy Graham was meant to be Billy Graham. Are y'all with me? Yeah. He had a platform and a position that God put him in to have influence into people's lives. In this church, everybody ain't doing the same part. If we was all doing the same part, we'd all be standing up here at the same time. And we'd be preaching to nobody. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Now God's got a place for us. And he's got a place for you in this battle. Some of you may say, I just can't do that that you're asking me to do. Can I tell you, there's a place for you. These two, uh, the father and the youngest son, that's the two that it gives us, uh, went back. There was also some other brothers it didn't account for. They had something they were supposed to do. But it does say they did something. Now stick with me. Read farther. Uh, look down now. Uh, let's see. Uh, verse, verse 17. Skip to verse 17. Verse 17, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how, their, how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now, if you wasn't at the association meeting, you didn't get to hear Brother uh, Jeremy Walker preach the message, There's corn in Egypt. And I ain't got time to re-preach his message to you. Lord, I hope I get to one day. It was one of them messages just to eat you up. I, I hope the Lord gives me a piece of it. He, he was talking about this. In the days of Joseph and his brothers, and Joseph's in Egypt, and he's set up, and the drought's going on, and he's got them set up really well. And his father and all the brothers are back there, and they're in uh, just nothing. They ain't got nothing. It's a drought. There's no food. There's no nothing. But then, but then Jacob sees or hears that there is corn in Egypt. And so he tells his brothers, he says, why do we sit here and die when they got corn in Egypt? Now, what the message was, was this, that there is a spiritual famine in our land today. Amen? But God's got a storehouse full that if you want to go get some, you can get it. Amen? There's corn uh, to be had. I'm telling you, I should have heard it. I ain't going to re-preach it to you. But when I seen this scripture, I said, look at that. Uh, look at that. There's a battlefield somewhere. And there's some people who are still trying uh, their best to stand for truth and for righteousness. And there's somebody over in the corner saying, cheer them on. Amen, brother. Say it one more time. There's somebody saying, oh, don't give up. Uh, you just keep on. There's a sweet somebody over in the corner praying, saying, Lord, I pray that you just lift them up one more time, that they just continue that fight. He said, go to your brothers. Where were they at? They're on the battle line, amen. Go to your brothers, and I want you to take something. I prepared something for them. Take this corn and share it with them. Listen, there's some spiritual corn that you have that you can share with your brothers and your sisters. Don't think that you don't have a place in this fight. You have a place in this fight. I'm telling you, where are we at when there's no more praying mamas? Where are we at when they quit praying and calling out to God? 
Where are we at when the old saints of God would go out in the back 40 and find an old rock and cry out to God that He might send them a place that they might go to and share the Word of God? Where is that at today? Who's sending the corn? Who's sending up the corn? Who's sending up the bread that it might sustain? Who's sending up the cheese that it might fill? Are y'all with me? Somebody has got to do that. They, I, I remember it from a youth. Uh, looking around, I could tell you in my church, as a child growing up, I could tell you who was doing that. Uh-huh. I could tell you who was. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you who was. Who, who, who was the one that you knew was out in the back praying? I've heard so many times testimony about Brother Earl out there praying with his dog or the dog sitting there quietly. I've heard that story so many times. And I think to myself, how many times have I prayed so loud that dog would shut up? How many times have I gotten where he got? Who's doing it today? Who's doing it today, church? Who's doing it today? There's a place for you in this battle. And it's not coming. It's here. It's here. There's going to be a day when these that are here now will pass on. Who will take their place? Who will call out to God and say, Oh Lord, we need some of that spiritual corn. My church is a little bit dry and a little bit hungry, a little bit thirsty, Lord. Would you send them what they stand in need of? Would you give them that that you're able to give them? Lord, I know that your storehouse is full. And your blessings are plenty. Would you send that down to the people? Who's doing that today? Who's doing that today? Amen. But listen, listen. There was another place. We see there that they're on the front lines. Uh, Skip with me now. Uh, Let's go to verse 23. David's now there on the line. And he hears what's going on. It says, And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name. Out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to them the same words. And David heard them. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. I'm so afraid that we're living in a day where that's what's going on. That men are fleeing from the battle rather than running toward it. David goes on and he begins to think. He just can't believe what's going on. And he says, uh, well, well, who's going to go out there and fight him? And his brothers tell him, say, now listen, you're just a child and you're just come up here to brag and boast and see this great battle and think that you're somebody. You don't even know uh, what you're doing. And David says in verse 29, and David says, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause uh, that we might stand and fight? Is there not family and friends? who are going to die and go to hell today if somebody don't share Jesus with them? Is there not a land that we live in that's not worth fighting for? Is there not a land that was built on the Word of God that stood for right and said wrong was wrong? Is that not worth fighting for? Listen, I'm telling you, that enemy looks big. And he looks great and strong. And I'm telling you, it's a fearful thing for us to look at him. But I can tell you, there is a battle worth fighting. Amen. There is a battle worth fighting. Now, I'm not going to read you the rest of it. You already know the story, but I'm going to give you just a couple of little more pieces and then we're going to close. But listen to me now. It, it, it goes on to say that David says, Listen, I have fought great enemies before. I killed a bear and I killed a lion. 
Uh, I didn't have a bunch of things. I didn't have a bunch of weapons. I was short, scrawny. I was the youngest in the family. But the enemy come. And I was able to feed him. Why? Because he says, my Lord was there. My God was there. So they begin to say, well, you just got to go talk to the king. Now, I want you to know something here. The Bible tells us when Saul was chosen to be king, that he was good looking and he was heads and shoulders above all the other men. Right. You know what that means? That means he was a big man. Right. He was a strong man. He was well thought of and well liked. You know who should have been out there? Fighting Goliath? It should have been Saul. He was the biggest of them. The best, the strongest. And he was hiding. And here comes this little scrawny kid. And says, I'll find him. King says, hey, what makes you think that you can beat that, that, that great giant? What makes you think that you're tough enough and strong enough to defeat that? And he says, well, all I know is, is that when the bear came, the Lord put him in my hands. <laughs> yeah. When the lion came, I got him by the mane. Go read the scripture. <laughs> and I took him down. Surely if the Lord give me that strength then, he can do it now. Amen. The Bible goes on and teaches us that, 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 that he convinces Saul. And Saul says, well, if you can kill a lion and you can kill a bear, you can go fight him. Ain't nobody else willing to. I'll put my armor on him. The Bible says that they begin to put his armor on him. And David says, I just don't think I can do this. And he says, why not? He said, I've not proved him. I've not proved them. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what I have proved. I've proved this sling. I've proved this sling. I've used it over and over and over again. I want to tell you something right now. Here's a, here's a problem why we are dismayed and afraid. Because we don't know the tools that God's put in our hands to use. Nor have we proved them. That's right. Yeah. Those old saints of God that wore out that rock. They wore out that rock going out of the ground around those old places where they go and bow before it. They wore that ground out. You know what they did? They proved it. When they didn't have rain to, to cover the cross, they went out to the old rock and they began to cry, God, I need rain. This farm's all I got. And I got to feed my family and I got to feed my children. And somehow or another, they made it another year. Well, when the sickness came and they didn't have nothing, they didn't have the fancy doctors and all the things we had, they went and they proved it at an old rock. They knew that that prayer worked. That child make it another day. Mm -hmm. Today we have everything we could ask for and more than we need. Hear me, church. We have every modern convenience. We have comfortable seats and air conditioning and all these wonderful things. Technology. We can do so many things. We've proved nothing. And so the reality is, is we don't know how to fight because we have never had to fight. There you go. Listen to me now. The greatest strength that you'll find is when you get to a low enough place that you turn to him for his strength and his tool. And when you learn that lesson, you go back to that lesson every time. Amen. David couldn't take on something else. There's not some newfangled way that we'll take on the devil and his things. There's not a special thing that we can do uh, that's new that hadn't ever been done before that'll start to get people to believe in the way we believe. To know the truth is truth, that right is right, and wrong is wrong. But I can tell you there's some things that will work. There's some things that have been tried and they've been proved. This word will work. 
You preach it, you teach it, this word will work. It's worked, it's worked over and over again. It's been proven uh, by men before and women before, and it's been proved today. But if you ain't got into it, you don't know that. You don't know that. Amen, brother. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, every one of you already thinking about what you're going to eat in just a little while. You don't start going. And you're probably even picking out where you're going or what you're doing. Some of y'all got places to go. And, and I want you to know, when you get there, you're going to pick the food that you like. Amen. Amen? Uh-huh. You know why? Because it's already proved it. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. It's already proven to you. I know what I like. I'm, a, I'm Listen, I'm a person to have it. I'm going to do the same things over and over and over and over again. Why? Because I've proven that I like it. Right. You say, well, you might try something else. You might like that more. I might. I might not. But I know what I have liked. And it's been proven. Amen. And I'll stick with it. Can I tell you, you want to fight the devil? <coughs> what you need is a proven tool. <coughs> what you need is a proven weapon. What you need is a proven way that you know that it's going to work every time. I can tell you this. Prayer works. Prayer works. How do you know prayer works? Because I've proved it. I've proved it. I've tried it. I've been in low times when I didn't have nowhere else to turn. I've been driving down the road and said, God, there is no other way. No man has the answer. No person can change the situation. But I know that you are able. The battle's not mine. It's yours, said little David. Oh, that's what he said. Listen to me. Listen, there have been times when I said, God, if you don't do it, it won't happen. You know what happened? He did it. Every time I'm telling you when I got down and I got over my heart, the Lord has answered. Prayer works, and it's been proven. Amen. Yes. Listen, there's a battle to fight. There's a battle to fight, but I'm going to go further with it. Well, we often talk about the Word and we talk about prayer, but I want to go further with it. There's something in your testimony. There's something in your testimony. Listen, I'm just telling you the truth. David said, I know this because I have proven it. I know this because it's what I've done before. If you give me that other stuff, it might work, but it might not work. I don't know, but I know this will work. If I'll just stand on this, if I'll just continue this, this will get me through. Can I tell you this? Uh, your testimony will work. Amen. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. We don't do it near enough testifying. We don't do it near enough sharing with what God's done for us. But I can tell you this. Boy, every time I've seen it happen, boy, it seemed like it made that person feel good. seemed like it did something for the other people too. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but I'm telling you, I've seen many services. Oh, sparked up. That Holy Spirit run across that building because yeah. of what come out of somebody's mouth. And I'm just telling you, this ain't about tricks and things like that. I'm telling you, there are proven tools that you can defeat the devil. Amen. You can defeat it. But yeah. you got to know the tools. You got to get used to them. They got to feel right in your hand. Some of us don't know what that's like. I'm just telling you, the, the problem in the churches is we don't know what that's like. That's right. We hadn't had to. We hadn't had to call out. We hadn't had to cry for rain. Listen, the only reason you're crying for rain is so you don't have to water your yard, so you don't have to <laughs> hire a bill. That's the worst problem we got. Mm-hmm. We live in a land of plenty. The drought's not on you. Listen, you're not looking for corn. But spiritually, we've dried up. In America, the land that was, a land where people would have revivals and they'd stay till midnight 
And they open up the windows and doors, and people crowd around, and they run the pews and shout and holler and all these things. You know what that was? That was people that had depended on it all week long. And when they got to the church house and to the meeting house, they were ready to go to battle and to Amen. praise the Lord because they had seen Him and yeah. proved Him Amen. through the week. You ain't crying out for Him that way. You don't have to. The devil's got you asleep. Come on now. He's got you asleep. He's get, he just I just keeps feeding you. I just keep, he, here's some entertainment. Uh-huh. Oh look, come on now. Here's some entertainment. It'll keep your mind occupied. That's right. Here's some things that'll just keep you uh, away from having to worry about anything else. Here's some entertainment. Just just I want to tell you something. This week I had so many things in my calendar to do. More things than I even knew how. I just it was just covered. I went, I rushed from one thing. I'm not talking about just during the daylight. I'm talking about from morning till night. Till I, I was just one thing after the other, after the other. And there was a part of there in the middle of the week, and I said, well, I ain't got no time for me. That's, I said that. I, I, I ain't got no time for me just to rest a moment, just to calm down. And I said, this, I'm, the Lord just, he just spoke into my heart, and he said, you wouldn't do anything good with it. <laughs> oh, me! Oh, me. Amen. The devil has fed our country with entertainment. And so we don't even realize, hear me now, That's right, that the battle is raging. That's right. The battle's not just sort of coming. It's raging. It's at our homes. It's at our families. It's at our churches. It's not outside the walls, y'all. It's here. Amen, brother. And you got a part to play. You got a role to play. Somebody got to stand and fight the, the giant. Somebody's got to encourage him. Somebody's got to pray for him. Some lady's got to fight the giant. Don't just say, don't just say, oh, that's the pastor. He's just talking about the pastor. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm telling you, God's got a place for you in this battle. There may be a time for you to stand up and say, that's not right. Mm -hmm. What you just said was not right. That doesn't go with what the book says. There may be a time for you to confront a friend and say, listen, what you're saying is not true. Let me take you to the, to the Word. Let me tell you about my life and the testimony. Let me tell you about my prayers and where God's carried me. Somebody's got to stand and fight. Somebody's got to get on their knees and cry to God that He provide the strength that we stand in need of. Amen. Church, if we're not a church that's praying, we're not a church that's fighting. Amen. If we're not a church that's calling on God and seeking His wisdom and His word, we're not fighting. We've been lulled to sleep. And that's what's happening all around us and in our midst. The devil's given us all that we need. We're fat and lean. The brother mentioned in his Sunday school message, I'm going to close with this, about the prodigal son. The prodigal son went out to the world and he was living it up. But they come to a place where he lost it all. And he got low. Let me tell you what the devil figured out with America. The devil says, if I don't let them get low and I keep feeding them more and I tell them it's one thing, even though it's another, they'll never realize where they're at. And yeah. turn and repent. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Amen. 
We need to be careful, church. You need to consider where am I at in this battle? That's right. Who am I? Am I the brothers that stand cowardly at the side, waiting for somebody else to take on the challenge? Am I too afraid to stand up and see what I might be and what God might do? Am I the one who's carrying the corn? I said, Brother Jeremy, don't quit. You just keep on, brother. Am I the one carrying the corn? Said, don't stop, don't give up. What am I doing in this battle? Or am I caught up in all the things of this world? All the glitz and all the glamour, and it looks real pretty and shiny, and I think hey, everything's A-OK, -okay and everything's fine. And I'm really eating the corn husk, spiritually. I'm telling you, there's a dryness in our land. There is a drought of the Spirit. Because we quit fighting and the devil snuck in. And we were saying, boy, when it comes, oh, there's a day it's coming. There's a day it's coming. And all the while, he was moving in. Where are you at? Church, if we don't fight, I'm telling you, there's many that are not. If we don't fight, he'll keep moving and advancing his line. Now, here's what that means. Y'all get a song ready. Here's what that means. That means those friends and those family members that we say, that we say, listen to me, boy, I hope they get saved. Nobody's carrying the gospel to them. Nobody's praying for them. The devil is moving his army forward. Seems like it's awful hard that they might get saved. What would you say? Boy, I hope, hope they get saved. There's no place for hope. There's a place to do. There was a group of people who said, this man here is sick and, and lame. He can't get to Jesus. We better do something about it. Church, it's time to mobilize. So Saul stood before the people and he said, who's willing to go to fight? Because the enemy's here. So the Lord says to his people today, who's willing to go and fight? Because the enemy's here. What do you answer? What do you answer? Will you fight for your friends, for your family, for your communities? Will you uphold the banner of Jesus Christ? Or will we look back and will we say, I just don't know how I got here. I don't know how we got to this place. Church, I'm, I'm just telling you from the depths of my heart, the battle's not ours. And if we'll let the Lord fight and stand with him, he'll do the fighting. I believe with all my heart, he had something to do with that rock. Hit in the right place at the right time. He had everything to do with the rock. He just needed David's willing to go out there and tote it for him. This rock, he says, you're founded on me. This rock, it'll do the work. Amen. If we'll stand on it. If we'll stand on it. It'll do the work. Stand with us all over the house. You feel the need to come pray, we ask you to do so. Church, we call you. We ask you to stand on the line.